0: everybody. Welcome back to the Green Light Podcast. Greenlight. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And what do we do here, Lauren? We watch old
1: stuff. We watch new stuff. We watch stuff that's not that old, but we're calling it old because yes. it's more than
0: like two years old. By our definition of old. Yeah.
1: And we basically tell you all the fun facts about it. Trivia, who's in it, what else they've been in. And, ultimately, whether or not we would greenlight these projects.
0: That is correct. It's all about the name, The Greenlight. That's right. So, uh, if you're with us from our old greenlight days, uh, you will have uh, some nice memories next week, because we are, we are going back to the old format That's for right. next week. Our once once-a-month script reading. Our special... Yes we will. So so be on the lookout for that. But this week, like Lauren said, we have two movies. Let's talk, let's say what let's tease the people. What are the two movies yeah, we're doing? Yeah, the two movies we're doing
1: are Red Riding Hood from twenty eleven.
0: Yes. <laughs> that is our old movie. That's our old one. And then uh, The Mitchells versus the Machines from yes. this year. Twenty twenty one. It just came out. It it very literally just came out. So we'll we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Red Riding Hood. Uh, but first, let's housekeep. Alright, I'll do the dishes, you sweep the floor.
1: Okay. Uh, well, I don't have to do that, actually, because I don't think we have any new reviews. Okay. So...
0: Well, shame on all of you for not reviewing us. Please <laughs> do it. Uh, five-star rating and review on iTunes really helps us move up the charts, really helps us out. Yeah. Uh, as people, if you respect us and support us, please do that. Uh, also, we have a social media, which, granted. Ugh. Now, if you've been following our social media, you know we haven't posted much lately, and that's our fault. It is... It's just we've we've had a lot going on, granted. Once again, the world's starting back up. Uh but please follow us. We're gonna try to start putting posting on there consistently. And uh I'm gonna do a little shameless plug for me here right now. Uh I am participating in uh self tape may ah. where I am doing uh sixteen self tapes in the month of May. Uh and that's on my personal channel. So at J underscore Woodward underscore C. Follow me and You can follow me just for fun it. at do it.
1: Hunkleberry. It's, uh, C <laughs> that's Lauren's, in the description.
0: Yeah, see Lauren's lovely face. Uh, and then also our Patreon club, please. Please. Yeah, uh, we put all
1: kinds of fun stuff on there. Uh, yeah. We have Green Lits. Um, what Greenlit did we do this past month? We Tuckendale did Tucker and Dale versus, versus evil. Evil. Bad, so evil. That's our kind of new one. Um, and we have stuff on there all the time. So if you subscribe at the $5 level, definitely do that. I'm actually in the process right now of trying to collect some of our patrons' uh, addresses so I can send them stickers. Yes.
0: Ooh, so, so get it on the ground floor. Of get it on the
1: ground floor. Stickers. Yeah, that'll probably be, I'll probably send it to all of our current patrons, but you know, coming in, that'll probably be like a $5 thing just so uh, supplies are covered.
0: Yeah, for <laughs> so sure.
1: So sure. yeah, definitely check out our Patreon. You can also donate... Just via PayPal if you want to do a one-time thing, yep. not a subscription.
0: Yep, that yep, works yep. too.
1: Every single penny helps us do this show.
0: Every single. Uh, speaking of shows, we have another one as well. Uh, the Mass Singer pod. Who is that? The Mass Singer podcast. Who up? Uh, that one's uh, kicking booty over there. We uh, a lot of people like the Mass Singer. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, some people like hearing us talk about it. So uh, we're going to be recording that actually later this evening after we watch the episode. So yeah, uh, listen to that if you haven't and if you like the Mass Singer. Okay. Let's dive into our movies. Yeah. We? Do you want me to go first because I think so.
1: it's um bad?
0: <laughs> uh we'll say worst to first, yeah. Worst <laughs> or first. And then, okay, and let's you go. You can start off. All right. Beauty before beast.
1: <laughs> yep. As of
0: well, the two of us. Like I
1: said, uh I am doing Red Riding Hood twenty eleven. <laughs> PG-13 rating, obviously based on the folktale, yes, thank you, Red Riding Hood, uh, fairy tale folktale, directed by Catherine Hardwick, who you may know from Twilight fame,
0: Ooh. only the first one, though. Only the first Twilight, thank you, Catherine.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so the budget of this was $42 million, guess how much it made, or if it made anything.
0: I'm going to guess it made uh, 25 Jackson, it made more than that. uh it grossed
1: 89 million dollars wow so it made 47
0: million that is impressive that is impressive. uh do you want to tell the people what this movie is about before we jump too far in
1: huh you know what i didn't write down is the uh synopsis so let me look that up real quick
0: uh uh, i might beat you to it
1: (laughs) no don't beat me to it this is mine then you go for it okay
0: i'll entertain the people uh what's four plus four eight (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna make a joke but thank you for answering properly Oh, this is a tight hour and forty minutes, Red Riding Hood.
1: Yeah. Uh and it is set in a medieval village that is haunted by a werewolf. A young girl falls for an orphaned woodcutter, much to her family's displeasure. Yeah. I feel like that honestly feels like not the main plot line by the time we get into the movie. Yeah, so basically, yeah. they're in this medieval town. In the trailer, it says it's set in the 1300s. Um, this is actually... It was one of the trivia things. They actually never say like what time period it is in the movie.
0: Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um,
1: but yeah. It's in this village in the woods, um, kind of what you'd imagine the town that Red Riding Hood is set in to be. Um, and Val is the main character. She is Red Riding Hood, which seems like a weird name, Valerie, to, to choose for a 1300s.
0: That is. Um, <laughs> maybe 1300s Valerie was running rampant.
1: Yeah. And, you know, she was childhood best friends with this guy, Peter, who has the orphan wolf, woodcutter, very Teen Wolf vibes. Yes. Um, and, she, you know, falls for him, but is betrothed to Henry, who is a, seems like he's a blacksmith. He's like wealthier as people in the village go. um, yep. Yeah. And, you know, her sister dies pretty early on. Uh, she goes out on a wolf night, you know, full moon when the wolf is going to be oh. killing people. Yeah. And um, it comes out that she was actually really into Henry. Um, So she might have killed herself by going out on a wolf night or mm-hmm. Henry might have killed her by asking her to come out on a wolf night. We never know. True. Um, I mean, we do find out later, but we never know. <laughs> um, yeah, and then basically the whole thing is like they're trying to get rid of this wolf that's killing people. It's a werewolf, you know, so they call in this guy, uh, <laughs> Solomon, played by Gary Oldman. Gary. To try and, you know, get the werewolf out of there. He's, I guess, taken down other werewolves in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, a man bitten is a man cursed. So, that yeah, is true. as he says. Um, anyway. That's basically what's what's going on with this movie. So it clearly sounds like a sounds like a joy. Um It sounds like it. Yes, yeah, so let's get into some stuff. So first off, Catherine Hardwick, the director. Um, she has the same birthday as me.
0: Whoa, how did Catherine Hardwick and Lauren? Yeah,
1: October twenty first. Um she got her start directing the movie thirteen, which has nothing to do with the musical.
0: Oh, I was gonna ask if it had something to do with yeah,
1: the two thousand three movie. It's about a thirteen year old discovering drug, sex, and rock and roll. Um, not really the rock and roll part, but definitely the sex and drugs part at 13, so that's wild. At 13. Yeah. Um, starred Evan Rachel Wood, so that's crazy too. Oh,
0: Evan Rachel Wood.
1: We like her. Yeah. Um, she directed Lords of Dogtown in 2005. It was about 70 skating and surf, uh, skating and surfing trends. In Venice, California Mm -hmm. She directed The Nativity Story in 2006 Which no one saw It's exactly what it sounds like It's just the story of The Nativity Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course Her big director break Twilight 2008
0: Twilight She did not
1: do any of the other Twilight movies And she hasn't really done much since then That I've heard of uh, Aside from Red Riding Hood Except for the um, She directed the Till It Happens to You short in 2015 Yeah If you remember that Mm -hmm. Um, Basically you know Was just about like The Me Too movement Yeah um. Yeah So the writer of this was David Leslie Johnson Who sometimes is credited and goes by David Johnson
0: David Leslie Odom Jr.
1: Yeah Um. This It's kind of weird oh, Yeah okay Um. I don't know if he like has scrubbed some stuff from his IMDb That was smaller That he didn't want to be like associated with him But he really only has a few writing credits And they're all pretty well known hmm. So Maybe. um, He wrote the horror movie Orphan 2009 if you remember that I think so and then this. That's his second credit. Okay. Um, He has since done Wrath of the Titans, huh. The Conjuring 2, Aquaman, and the Aquaman sequel that's coming out soon. Sheesh. Aquaman 2. Wow. Uh, several episodes of The Walking Dead, another Conjuring movie that's coming out this year, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, and the Nightmare on Elm Street remake that is in pre-production.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know they were doing that. Me neither. That's interesting. You think okay. we would have...
1: Like when we looked up a bunch of stuff related to the people who were in Nightmare on Elm Street and watched well, Nightmare on Elm Street,
0: we did we did those for our mini detours. Remember? Oh, that's
1: true. Never mind. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so it's not our fault, people. That is David Lizzie Johnson. Um, actors. So this is starring Amanda Seyfried. Yes. And looking at her IMDb, like I feel like she's one of those people who's like super super famous. But honestly, the biggest things she's done by far are Mamma Mia and Les Mis. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was just weird because I felt like I already, like, really knew who she was when she did Les Mis beyond just Mamma Mia, but, like, not really,
0: you know? Yeah, I feel like she kind of has the same vibe as uh, Dakota Fanning.
1: I feel that, yeah. It's like, you really know who she is, but, like, not actually from that much stuff.
0: I just meant they, like, look similar.
1: Oh, So maybe you're like,
0: oh, Dakota Fanning, Amanda Zyfried.
1: I don't think so. I don't think they look that similar. Like, I don't think I'd mix them up.
0: Fine. I'll stop talking.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> so Amanda kidding. Seyfried, uh, she was in the TV series for 27 episodes As the World Turns from 1999 to 2001. She was Lucy Montgomery. She was in the All My Children series in 2003 as Joni Stafford. Her big break was Mean Girls 2004?
0: Four. Oh, uh, well, wasn't... How big of a role was she in Mean Girls?
1: She was one of the main girls. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's her that's big a, break. Yeah, oh
0: yeah, that's another big one though. That's probably also why you know her.
1: I mean, yeah, for sure. But you know, yeah. I guess I'm just like she's done three like kind of really big things, sure, and then a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Sure, you know what I, I mean.
0: Yeah, sorry I didn't.
1: Um, but yeah, she was Karen in Mean Girls. Um, she was in a movie called Nine Lives as Samantha. After it was weird that it was like she did a lot of stuff that no one had heard of after Mean Girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you think that you know. She would have been, like, booking bigger stuff after that. But, yeah, yeah, you know, good honor for taking some smaller projects. Um, She was in an episode of Law & Order SVU, an episode of House, an episode of CSI. She was in a movie called American Gun uh, that I don't think anyone really saw. She was in Alpha Dog starring Justin Timberlake in 2006.
0: Nice. Sounds fun.
1: Yeah. She was Rebecca on Wildfire, which was a TV series in 2006. Um, She was Lily Kane and Veronica Mars for several episodes. Um, So that's where Kristen Bell got her big break. Uh, Of course, Mamma Mia, 2008. uh, She was second build in Jennifer's Body. Um, She was Chloe in the movie Chloe, which is basically about... um, I had never heard of it, but a gynecologist hires an escort to test her husband's fidelity.
0: Interesting. Yeah,
1: cast of characters. Uh, She was in Dear John with Channing Tatum. Based oh, on the yeah. Nicholas Sparks novel, yeah, 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 yeah. She was Sophie in Letters to Juliet, um, Letters to Juliet. Uh, so I never saw that movie. I was supposed to see that movie oh. if it rained at my like twelfth birthday party. Okay, you know, like that instead of because um, it was like I want to say, I want to say like we ended up having this this party like way later than my birthday, so it was about to be like the summer or something. Mm-hmm. So we were gonna have it at like a pool uh, at like the gym my family went to. And if it rained, we were going to go see Letters to Juliet instead, and it didn't, mm. so I never saw it. Anyway, uh, then she was in this, Red Riding Hood. After that, she was, of course, in Les Mis, uh, In Time, A Million Ways to Die in the West, Ted 2, Twin Peaks, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, uh, When You Wish Upon a Pickle, which was the Sesame Street special, and Scoob as Daphne. Oh, well, I didn't know she voiced Daphne. Me neither. And Scooby. And she was in the... Um, Many Oscar-nominated film *Mank* that was uh, just yes. in the Oscar season this year, and uh, she is in *Things Heard and Seen*, which is coming out like really soon. Okay, if cool. it hasn't already, it, but this year. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I can't really blame her for taking this. It was still like pretty early in her career. She wasn't yeah. doing super well-known stuff yet, and it was a pretty big movie. No, even definitely. though it's bad.
0: Um, hey,
1: spoilers. Ew. Anyway, moving on to Gary Oldman. So, obviously, like, we know Gary Oldman, like, pretty legendary. He has been working yep. since the 70s, Um, and I had to do a lot of scrolling to find, like, figure out what his big break might have been. Sure. You know? Um, So, the biggest thing that, like, I could find from his early career was he was in Sid and Nancy in 1986, which is, um he portrayed Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, So, a decent amount of people saw that. Um, lots of just like small movies, shows, like TV show appearances, TV movies, stuff like that. He was Rosencrantz, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead nice. in 1990. Uh, he was billed third in State of Grace, also in 1990, after Sean Penn and Ed Harris. Hmm.
0: Two big actors.
1: Yeah. He played Lee Harvey Oswald in the JFK movie in 1991. Uh, he was Dracula in the 1992 Dracula film. Uh, he was the devil in a Guns N' Roses music video. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Yeah, well, I think that like music videos you, on IMDb Gary. are credited as like, you know, video short, but like it's with a band and there's not really any other information about it on IMDb, so. Probably. I'm assuming it's a music video.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, he was Dimsdale in The Scarlet Letter, 1995, which I don't think anyone really saw. I think it was a TV TV movie.
0: Mm, he sure, was Dr.
1: Smith slash Smith in Lost in Space, 1998, so he was top billed in that. He was also in Quest for Camelot, which I mentioned like last week because someone was in it. Cool. Yeah. Um, Quest for
0: Camelot's getting more airtime on this show than I thought it would.
1: Uh, He was in Hannibal. He was not Hannibal, obviously. That's Anthony Hopkins. But he was Mason Verger. And then, of course, what I think was really his big break, Sirius Black and Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) Sure. In a lot of the Harry Potter movies, starting from Prisoner of Azkaban, uh, he did voiceover for The Legend of Spyro video games and also Call of Duty World at War. Huh, that's, so that's cool. fun. That's uh, fun. Obviously, he was Commissioner Gordon in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. He had three different voiceover roles in the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol, which we also mentioned recently.
0: Once again, a lot of airtime. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, he was Bob Cratchit, Marley, and Tiny Tim.
0: Huh, okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, a wide range.
1: Yeah, he did some voiceover for Planet 51. I re- I saw that movie, but I don't remember like how. I don't think it was really like that big. I just saw no. it like right when it came out. Yeah. Um. He had a smaller role in The Book of Eli, and then he, he was Solomon in Red Riding Hood. So that's kind of where we cut yeah. that off. Um. Since then, he did VO for Kung, Fan- Kung Fu Panda Two. Uh. Rope. He was in RoboCop, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, The Hitman's Bodyguard, and he was also
0: in Mank. Yeah, well, and he was also in, um, what, The Darkest Hour that he nominated yes. and won the Oscar, right, for?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, correct. Another big one. I must have missed that one <laughs> okay. when I was scrolling through. Uh, okay, next is Shiloh Fernandez, who um, you probably don't recognize that name, but he was Peter. So the wolf cut, or woodcutter, wolf cutter too, I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah. teen wolf looking guy.
0: Yes. Um. All of her love interests are essentially the same person, though.
1: Yeah. So to be honest, I think this was like kind of his big break. Um, I can see that.
0: And he, I still don't recognize him. So yeah. how did he do?
1: <laughs> well, and um, so before this, he was in one episode of Gossip Girl. Lots and lots of stuff that I've never heard of. Uh, he He's credited as having a role in Cadillac Records. I could not find him on the cast list. Okay. So there's that. Uh, he was first billed in Dead Girl. And that came out in 2008. It was a horror movie.
0: Decent amount of people saw it, I Cla- guess. Classic horror movie start.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, But yeah, this is definitely like the biggest thing, really, uh, up until this point. Yeah. And then the only big thing he's done after this is that he was uh, second billed. He was David in Evil Dead in 2013. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah um let me see aside from that he was also in a music video he was in the selena gomez the heart once what it once music video oh
0: nice he was in playing his character SVU. from red riding hood actually uh, yeah
1: definitely no not really um yeah and like everyone law and order svu he was in return to Sender 2015 with rosamund pike from gone girl fame mm-hmm. uh two episodes of euphoria and he has a lot of stuff that's coming out soon that's in post oh, i haven't like heard of any of it but good for him yeah uh, next, we have Max Irons. He played Henry, so her the guy that she was supposed to marry, that she didn't want to marry, that her sister liked. Yes. Uh, so his first big thing, he was Lucius in Dorian Gray, the 2009 film. Okay. Not built high at all. Okay. Um, this was definitely his big break, because he just really, like... Even, you know, even like the last guy had a lot of credits. I just hadn't heard of them and like clicked on, you know, I clicked through them and like just not a lot of people had really seen any of the stuff he'd been in. Yeah. With this, it's like this was literally like he barely had any credits before this. Wow. His big um, break. Yeah. This was his big break. He, uh, shortly after he was in the Runaway series as Tommy Pasqualino. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was in the host, uh, the movie version of the Stephanie Meyer novel. Nice. Stephanie Myers, Myers Not Myers, I believe. Yeah, he was second build, so he was like Myers? the kind of romantic right. lead. Uh-huh. Um, aside from that, really not anything else that I've heard of that like seems big. So fair. Yeah. Uh, next we have Billy Burke, who is uh, Val's dad, Valerie's dad. Okay. Um. So I remember watching Red Riding Hood and being like, oh, I recognize this guy. Sure. Um. He was in a couple episodes of Gilmore Girls. He was in uh, Along Came a Spider in 2001. Oh, nice. And then, of course, his big break. He was in Twilight. He of was course. Charlie Swan, Bella's dad. Of
0: course he More was. More main character dads. Yes. We love to see
1: it. Yes. So that was 2008. Uh, after that, yeah, not like a ton. He was in Lights Out, 2016 horror movie. He was billed fourth. Uh, he was in Most Dangerous Game. I remember seeing a lot of like advertising for that. I did not watch though. It was a limited series. He played Reagan uh Ronald and then reagan? so i'm not sure okay because <laughs> it didn't seem like it was anything to do with like the president oh, so the, i wonder I if it was just like it a might small have just role. be
0: someone named reagan yeah
1: maybe um and then jackson he has a pretty significant role in 911 lone star let's He's go billy tyson so yeah we uh, we were extras for that at one point let's so. go uh he also does vo for commissioner gordon in Batman The Long Halloween Part 1 and oh, 2. Oh,
0: I'm reading those comics right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: it's coming out like this year. Uh, I think the video game, video game? Or is it like a series?
0: I think it's a series because I don't, okay. I don't think mind. it's a video series. game. Yeah. If it is, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, Batman The Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2. Whew. Okay. So here are my thoughts. Uh, it's highlighted <laughs> in red, very big on my iPad. Because
0: Red Riding Hood. Uh, all caps, also this movie sucks. bad red light.
1: <laughs> this movie sucks. Yeah. Why did they name her Valerie? I know we've already covered this. But why did they <laughs> name her Valerie? Let's go back to it, Lauren. Let's, Let's revisit it. Yeah, just didn't make sense. Uh, just bad writing, bad directing. She wanted this to be the next Twilight, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Bad. Yep. acting. They did their best, but like, not great. Amanda uh, Seyfried was good. Amanda
0: Seyfried was good. Like um, as be-
1: as good as she could be with the material provided. For sure, that's kind of my yeah verdict on
0: this i think that's correct
1: and like did anyone's careers really grow from this movie not really
0: no you know because yeah. i
1: think that like the people who have had success after this have had it because of bigger things that they have done yes
0: uh like twilight of this film. for many of these people
1: um there were some like weird moments in this where they tried to use stuff from the fairy tale and it just felt so forced so, like at one point there was a scene with her and her grandma where she was like oh, what big eyes you have. Oh, yeah, that was a weird scene. It was so weird. Yeah. She also had a little thing where like, she was like, you know what? I'm going to grandma's house. And she took a little basket, whatever. And yeah. it was like,
0: okay. It just didn't fit in like this gritty world that they were trying to create. Exactly,
1: yeah. I think it would have been better if they hadn't tried to make it a loose adaptation. But at the same time, then probably no one would have seen it.
0: Yeah, it it, it survives. People want to see it because, oh, is Red Riding Hood. That sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. It's like, ooh, gritty Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just like, I think that just like the story itself, while there are obviously dark elements because people get eaten in the original story, it's yeah. like, we see Red Riding Hood as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, it seems, I almost feel like the gritty version of Little Red Riding Hood is like the Into the Woods Red Riding Hood. You know what I mean? Yeah. I hear Anyway. You. Um... Yeah, so for me personally, this is a hard red light. I did not like this movie. It <laughs> yeah. almost wasn't even like fun bad. It was just so bad. Yeah. Um, as a producer, I do have to take a little bit of a pause because it did like more than double its money. But at the same time, yeah. the script and story is just so bad. Like I don't think you know, if I could see in the future, absolutely. But at the time, I don't think I would have given this script the time of day.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. I respect um, that. Very so, should so.
1: I do my like two truths in a line now? Let's save it for the or end. Or wait, okay, let's save it for the end.
0: Okay, cool. Are you good on Red Riding Hood?
1: I think I'm good what on Red are you Riding Hood. At? Sorry, I was just looking at how far into the episode we were. I wasn't oh. looking at your notes.
0: <laughs> a solid 22 minutes. Okay. All right. So, let's move past Little Red Riding Hood. Let's shake that off. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, And now let's move on to The Mitchells vs. the Machines. The Mitchells vs. the Machines is a 2021 film currently streaming on Netflix. So, if you have a Netflix account, pay close attention to see whether you want to watch this movie. So, uh, I stole a summary straight off of IMDb. It's about a paragraph long, but I feel like it, it sets up a lot of what you need to know. So, I'm just going to read it verbatim. The Mitchells vs. the Machines is an animated action comedy about an ordinary family who finds themselves in the middle of their biggest family challenge yet, saving the world from the robot apocalypse. No big deal, right? (laughs) It all starts when creative outsider Katie Mitchell is accepted into the film school of her dreams and is eager to leave home and find her people. When her nature-loving dad insists on having the whole family drive her to school and bond during one last, totally not awkward or forced, road trip. But just when the trip can't get any worse, the family suddenly finds itself in the middle of the robot uprising. Everything from smartphones to Roombas to evil Furbies are employed to capture every human on the planet. Now it's up to the Mitchells, including upbeat mom Linda, quirky little brother Aaron, their squishy pug Monchi, and two friendly but simple-minded robots to save humanity. So, I feel like that's a pretty good description. It, it, It gets you right to the point where you need to be. So... This film is written and directed both by Michael Rianda and Jeff Rowe. Uh, so Michael Rionda, uh, for what I can tell, the biggest thing is he uh, was a the creative director slash creative consultant slash writer. So probably like one of the showrunners, I'm guessing, on Gravity Falls. Okay. Gravity Falls, which is a, uh, I believe it's a Disney animated yeah. show. Yeah, uh, which a lot of our housemates like. So uh, I, I imagine that's also why they enjoyed this film. Uh, so uh, Jeff Rowe, in addition, uh, also a writer on Gravity Falls, but also a writer on Disenchantment, uh, which is a, which is a Netflix animated series. yeah, uh, that I believe a lot a, a lot of the cast was uh, voices on that. so probably got a lot got a lot from Jeff. Uh, so th- so those are the things that they're most known for and honestly like that's kind of the extent of their big credits. Hmm. Is just those things, which I mean, granted, two large properties and, you know, both big animated properties. So it makes sense, but is interesting. Now, if you're wondering, if you're seeing this movie and you're like, hmm, this sort of style and stuff makes sense to me. Well, that's because this movie was produced by Christopher Miller and Phil Lord. And those names, uh, they both produced uh, or at least were involved in both Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse great animated film if you haven't seen that watch that and the lego movie oh and i think you can sort of see their hand in this one as well definitely Uh, especially in relation to those other movies i think if you've seen those you get it so uh two really big animated minds on this one uh which is which is super cool uh so this stars uh abby jacobson danny mcbride maya rudolph Eric Andre, Olivia Coleman, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett, Chrissy Teigen, John Legend, Blake Griffin, and Conan O'Brien. So, there are a lot of a lot of those big names, especially towards the end, play sort of smaller roles. Um, so, I'm going to talk about sort of the main family. So, uh, Abby Jacobson uh, is the one who voices Katie Mitchell. Uh, her biggest live-action credit, she's a lead in Broad City, okay. which is a, a comedy. Is it Irish? Scottish? British
1: I thought they were I don't know I really haven't seen it to be honest I don't know
0: I could I haven't seen it either I'm totally uh, pulling that one hold on broad broad city hey
1: Jackson what's eight plus four
0: uh twelve
1: okay great you passed
0: no it is New York City I don't know why I
1: thought yeah that's what I was thinking and, I, and you started talking about all these other countries and I was like maybe I'm, I'm wrong no
0: nah, I must be thinking of a different show Anyways, uh, so animation-wise, uh, she has had roles in BoJack Horseman, Bob's Burgers, and Disenchantment. So hey. there's that connection that we were thinking about. Uh, so uh, p- the uh, Danny McBride plays Rick Mitchell, who is Katie Mitchell's father. Uh, you've probably heard of Danny McBride and seen Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. He's a big comedian guy. Um, he's uh, probably his most known role is Pineapple Express, uh, but he also uh, Angry Birds Movie. Hey. He was a voice in that. Uh, Eastbound and Down, Up in the Air, Tropic Thunder, Drillbit Taylor, and Hot Rod are some of his other credits. Maya Rudolph voices Linda Mitchell. Uh, obviously, Maya Rudolph is known for her time on Saturday Night Live, but she's also been in movies like Bridesmaids, Away We Go... And the way way back, obviously many more, but she's also done a ton of animation, which is something yeah. that I didn't know. Uh, she's been in Big Mouth, Bless the Hearts, Big Hero Six the series, The Lego Movie 2, and The Emoji Movie, <laughs> Hey! <laughs> uh, uh, among others. Now we're getting down to the final child, and you're like, okay, it's the young lad, the Katie's Katie's brother. Who who do you think voiced Aaron Mitchell, Lauren? Aaron Mitchell. Mm, i Uh, don't know uh vin diesel (laughs) no uh (laughs) this was actually michael rianda rianda uh who was writer director
1: oh he uh, was also (laughs) the voice
0: for the young child that's funny yeah uh so a lot of those others are well-known actors and comedians so i'm sure you know who they are also blake griffin basketball player which i that's kind of fun that he was uh, a voice in this movie uh so yeah, that, that's the cast and a lot of people attached to it. So now let's talk about some of those previous projects that I mentioned, especially from Phil Lord and Chris Miller, because those are the two big names I feel like attached creatively to this. So Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse had a $90 million budget, and it grossed almost $400 million. Sheesh. And, of course, critically acclaimed as it won Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film. Yeah. Uh, The Lego Movie, as well, had a $60 million budget, and grossed almost $500 million worldwide at the box office. This uh, this. was this, I remember this year, actually, at the Oscars, because it was famously not nominated for Best Animated Film, even though a lot of people really wanted it to be. Uh, but it was nominated at the Golden Globes and won Best Animated Feature at the BAFTAs, and, I think, won Best Feature Film at the Kid BAFTAs. So, yay Kid BAFTAs, yay I guess. Yay Kid BAFTAs. I didn't know that was a thing, but... Anywho. So, uh, from that, I feel like you can see... Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they know how to make a good animated movie. Yeah. Both commercial and critical successes of their two main projects that they have done before. So you got a lot of a lot of power behind this one. One thing that I think if you've seen this movie, or even if you've seen trailers for this movie, one of the things that sticks out the most, or if, if you've even seen Spider-Verse or Lego Movie, is like the animation style. Yeah. It's like very unique. Uh, so, so... How it achieves this unique-looking style, uh, the animators actually combined hand-painted textures over the CGI. So oh. there's, like, a couple of layers of, of animation on this one. Uh, the VFX supervisor, Michael Lasker, who also worked on Spider-Verse, said what they were trying to do was actually even harder than what Spider-Verse did. Hmm. Uh, if Sp- uh, a, a good way to describe it, uh, if you've seen Spider-Verse, you know it has, like, kind of a comic book movie look so he said if spider-verse was trying to make a moving comic book we were trying to make a moving illustrated book so just like you know a picture book uh and what i sort of took as like a lot of katie's drawings coming to life yeah in a way uh so it was really cool i feel like in that respect sort of doing something different with animation Um, I think it was also interesting, too, because of that, because of combining the CGI and stuff, they had to do a lot of simplification that they had to do manually. Like, they went in and, like, wiped away details of, like, hairs and trees, etc., which is, like, kind of counterintuitive to, like, computer animation. Uh, One of the artists actually said, we need to get the trees right. If we don't, the whole movie won't work. Wow. A lot was riding on the trees. A lot trees. riding on the trees. Yeah. Uh, I think another interesting thing that especially, I don't know if I fully noticed this watching it, but I bet if I went back and watched it with this knowledge, I would I would see. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wanted to achieve a big distinction between the human world and the robot world. Uh, the, I definitely like, see that, yeah.
1: Yeah, the, well, human, cause the world, human world- Well, because like the human world had so many doodles on top of everything and yeah. stuff like that, and the robots just were kind of like very- Sleek.
0: Yeah, I think that's a that's a very good way of saying it. It's like they, the, uh, Rianda said the human world looked like a mess and the robot world looked incredible. So you know, like you said, very sleek, very clean, etc. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about sort of the timing of this movie. Uh, so it was actually scheduled to release last fall, uh, but the pandemic forced it to be shelved because of like theater closures. Uh, so Netflix stepped in and <laughs> made them an offer they can't refuse. That's a direct quote. Uh, it's also from The Godfather, which I thought was interesting. And have of you couldn't refuse. Could refuse. Um, uh, it, it also is interesting because, um, uh, Rihanna and, uh, Ro were sort of talking and that it, it kind of is timely in the sense that, uh, speaking of the pandemic, there are a lot of families who are stuck together and, uh, forced to do, solve problems as a group. That's true. Does that ring a bell from, from this movie? It should. Yep. If you've been paying attention. <sighs> Uh, so a, a couple other things that I actually want to talk about, uh, and it kind of part of the, the themes of this movie is about like technology and how it influences our lives and sort of how that, uh, affects like outlook I feel like on this movie itself. Um, so let's talk about screen time, uh, and an estimated population of 7.8 billion people, approximately, uh, 5 billion people have access to the internet and use it frequently, uh, which is around sixty-three percent of the population. However, in North America and Europe, that number is ninety percent and eighty-seven percent, respectively. Wow! So pretty much everyone uh, has uh, uses the internet frequently. Um, from the year two thousand to twenty twenty, internet usage increased by one thousand two hundred and sixty-six percent, which is Staggering. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, in 2020, 50% of all internet traffic was conducted on mobile devices, which I think actually was a step down from what it was before. It was more before, but because a lot of people were at home during the pandemic, uh, it sort of, it sort of uh, shot down because people were using laptops and, and other things like that. Uh, speaking of COVID... It has had an effect on like people using the internet. Uh, internet services have seen a rise in usage from forty percent to a hundred percent, and I don't know exactly what those numbers mean as far as like internet usage. Wait, as in
1: just like if what we're seeing now is a hundred percent, it was at forty before. I
0: guess maybe. I don't know the. Okay. Ex- I don't know that the seems like
1: Like just a big increase in this
0: year. Yeah. Well, I think, like, or at least at home Or is it more just, like, the amount of space usage. of the
1: internet that's being used was 40%, and now 100% of the internet storage is
0: being used. Gotta be honest, I don't know exactly what it means. Okay. But, that's that. Uh, also, Zoom, Zoom, as you can guess, has seen a 10 times increase in its usage. Only 10? Only 10, yeah.
1: Hmm. I mean, I guess a lot I haven't of... even heard
0: of Zoom before this. Me neither, which is weird. I I guess I was just... It was just, like, Skype and, like, we never really had a need to do it at, like, work or other places. Yeah. But, who knows? I guess guess it was there before. Uh, Finally, I just want to do some artificial intelligence facts. Uh, So, the global artificial intelligence market is predicted to be worth $190.61 billion by 2025, which is a decent chunk of change. Um... In 2019, the machine learning application industry received $37 billion of funding by the uh, United States. Uh, and digital assistant usage, which I feel like is kind of a big theme in this, mm-hmm. uh, is expected to double to $8.4 billion by uh, 2040. Huh. Which is a very big number <laughs> for, uh, for the amount. I don't know if that's, like, people. It's probably just, like, because, I mean, multiple different devices have, you know. Yeah. Like, if you have an iPhone and you have an Amazon device, I don't want to say their names. That probably counts as multiple.
1: Yeah. Well, and if it's saying like double to what do you say 8.4 billion? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably just like how many virtual assistant, yeah, devices are in use. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's, I feel like, yeah. That's... Even if they're
1: like linked to the same account or whatever. Yeah,
0: for sure. That yeah, that's kind of what I figured.
1: Or if that's like the amount of revenue ge- generated by digital assistants. Yeah,
0: maybe. I'm not sure. But yeah, uh, so, that I, I wanted to talk about that because, obviously, that was one of the big themes of this movie. And now, as we sort of transition into my thoughts, I think uh, that's that's something that I'm going to talk about. And I guess I could kind of start talking about it. Sure. Um, because I really enjoyed this movie. Yeah, me too. I, I, it's one of the best movies I've seen all year. And probably ranks pretty high on just overall animated movies all time that I've seen. Because I, I I really loved this. Uh, obviously, I love the animation style. Um... And, and I think one thing that I love, appreciate about animation is when it just gets creative. Like, yeah. I want animation to surprise me because if, if something's live action, and obviously with uh, CGI and things, you could do a lot more with live action nowadays. So if something is specifically going to be animated, I want it to be animated. You know, I want it yeah. to be creative. I want it to use animation tropes. I want it to, to do fun things with animation that you can't do in a live action setting. Yeah. You know? And so I really appreciated this this new animation style and sort of pushing the boundaries of what animated movies can look like. Uh it was like it was captivating, fun. Yeah. I really and just really cool to look at. I I could see some people not loving the style. Uh, some people might think it's too busy, but I don't know. I thought well, it I worked. Well, I also
1: think too that like we've been I feel like we've been so like I guess the animated film market has been so saturated by, like, the Disney Pixar style yeah. of animation. No, for sure. That it feels weird to see animation done any other way. Yeah. You know? So it, it's it's, it's, it's just nice to see, like, someone who's not Disney <laughs> yeah. have a film that is this successful and great, that yeah. has its
0: own unique style. I totally agree. It's, it's quite refreshing, for yeah. sure. Uh, sort of going back to that whole technology thing that I was talking about and, like, Internet usage, etc. I feel like they have like a really interesting and nuanced perspective on technology. I agree. That I was a bit afraid when we first started the movie, because it I, I thought it was going to be a bit of old man yelling at cloud in a way, or just yeah. like, you know. Or like,
1: oh, well, now that this is over, we're all just going to garden and exactly. you know, get off the grid.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I felt, and which, you know, there is a perspective to that that is valid, but I think the, the good thing is they, they showed both sides and are like, hey, yes, the internet can be bad sometimes. It can cause us to, you know, go into ourselves, etc You know, whatever. But it's also can be a very good thing, especially in this pandemic where we've had to communicate with people, where we, we've had to do a lot more things online. We've relied on it more and it's been very useful. Yeah. Like uh, uh, imagine like, talking to my parents, or our parents, who are all the way across the country without some sort of technology. Yeah. Like, we would have just not heard from them for over a year, because we couldn't see them. We had to write letters.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I guess we could talk on the phone, but I wouldn't have been able to see their faces. Yeah, exactly. Like, not moving, at least. Yeah,
0: for sure. So, yeah, I, I like how they said, like, hey, it can be bad sometimes, maybe we should put down our phones for a second, but also it's done a lot of incredible things and keeps us connected, and we have to appreciate it in that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. I also think too that a lot of the criticisms in this movie were more directed at tech giants, you yeah. know, like it specifically sort of seemed to take a dig at Apple and Amazon. Yes, it did. You know, and like <laughs> there are some I mean, even the logo was very clearly supposed to look like Amazon, you yeah. know. No, so like sure. I I think that really the thing to criticize here is more about companies abusing customers' data. Yeah. As opposed to the criticism being of technology in general.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. I just think with like, especially with a character like Rick, Katie's dad, mm-hmm. it, it could easily fall into a movie where it's like, ah, spend time outdoors, get off your phones, kids.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: When it when in reality, like you said, they took a more nuanced perspective yeah. on on it. Well,
1: it's also cool. too. It's like. It would be really weird for an animated movie to be like technology's bad when uh, pretty much all animation (laughs) is now is (laughs) on a computer.
0: No, for sure. That's a really good point. Uh, Another thing, this movie's just funny. It really is. Yeah. Like I, like laugh out loud funny. I laughed out loud many times throughout this movie. It was delightful and heartwarming. I shed a tear by the end of the movie.
1: I think, one point pretty early in the movie and i don't remember where it was but i think it
0: was yeah it was pretty quick i feel like i remember the moment you're talking about yeah uh but anyways if you couldn't already tell this one's getting a big green light both as a viewer and as a producer uh you got a lot of great creative people behind it a great cast great producers who have produced a lot of great work and i think you can definitely uh put your uh rest easy knowing that that these people are, are producing your movie.
1: Yeah, and I mean so. definitely go see this if you haven't seen it. You don't yeah. even have to go see you, it. Sit down it's and on see it. Netflix. <laughs> sit
0: down, turn on the TV and watch it. Cuz watch it's it. worth it. It's very much worth it.
1: All right. Okay. That's
0: the movies. Now shall time. we do our two truths and a lie? Yes, we shall. All right, do you want
1: me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. Um okay, so trivia. So because I have multiple that are like, this person was supposed to be this one, I wanted yeah. to do one outside of the Two Truths and a Lie, just so I could tell you what it was. Okay. Um, Sam Claflin got all the way to screen testing for the role of Henry, but Max Irons ended up being cast.
0: Uh, Henry is the one who she was going to. Yeah, going to marry. That, I, he would have been so much better. <laughs> It would have been great. I love Sam. No, yeah.
1: Well, and it didn't say if. Like, I have to assume that Sam Claflin had a conflict for them to be like. Actually, we're going to cast this unknown guy. Yeah,
0: for sure. You know. Yeah. Um, Then again, what had he done by then? Had he done anything big by then? I feel like we know now. Actually, now that I think about it. But yeah, he's great. Yeah, I wish if only. All right. So that was real, right?
1: Yeah, that was that was real. That was real. That was not one of the ones. (laughs) Just wanted
0: to make sure. Um,
1: Yeah. So three things. Um, this movie was shipped to movie theaters under the code name "Fangs of Affection." Okay. Megan Carpentier, <laughs> who played young Valerie, also portrayed young Amanda Seyfried in Jennifer's body.
0: She in Jennifer's body?
1: Uh, last one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I I couldn't tell you. Obviously. No, I I
0: know. I just I did I didn't remember you talking about that, which might be why, but. Uh, okay,
1: so Shiloh Fernandez, who was Peter, so he auditioned for the role of Edward in Twilight, and got beat up by Robert Pattinson, obviously. Um, but here's the thing, he wasn't even supposed to be in this either, Taylor Lautner was supposed to be Peter, uh, but obviously- Peter the
0: axe boy? The- Yeah,
1: Peter's the axe boy. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, and like, same director and everything, but he obviously had all the other Twilight movies to do, so, um- this was li- literally given to Shiloh Fernandez as, like, a consolation prize.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: So those are your three.
0: I want both the first and the third to be true, so I'm going to go with the second one is a lie.
1: Uh, that one was true. She was in Jennifer's body, and I
0: did mention it, Jackson. Damn, well, <laughs> that's my fault. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so the third one was the lie, but... Only a little bit, to be honest. Uh, Um, Shiloh Fernandez, Taylor Lautner, while he was considered for this role, it was outright given to Shiloh Fernandez, but it Uh, was a consolation prize for not getting cast as Edward (laughs) in Twilight.
0: Interesting. Well, well, I'm glad he didn't cast as Edward. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I'm glad he did this instead of five movies where he was bad. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Well, you got me. You got me. I, I should have listened more. That That's really odd. Yeah, that's really odd But ideal. I really <laughs> did want those the first and third to be true.
1: Yeah, I was... When I saw Fangs of Affection, I was like, are like, you no kidding way, me? No way, no uh, way.
0: Okay, here are my two truths. All right. Here are my three truths.
1: Yeah, I was like, uh, okay.
0: Uh, So this is the first Sony animation film to feature an L- LGBTQ character and a female protagonist. Okay. Originally... That was my first one. Originally... Machi the Pug was supposed to be voiced by a professional voice actor, but in a surprising move, the part was given to internet celebrity Doug the Pug. Number three. Originally, it's another Machi one. I love (laughs) (laughs) Machi. Originally, Machi was supposed to be a chihuahua and play a more aggressive role in the film, but they decided to make him a more docile character and transformed him into a pug.
1: Okay, so... I don't remember if it was Doug the Pug or... Um, the other pug that was in the, like, Hello, my name is Lopa, and I'm a lovely pug. There are pug. multiple I think it was famous
0: internet pugs.
1: She was in the I Can't and Run video. Oh, okay, sure. That pug. So, one of those pugs definitely is dead. And I don't oh, think it was involved in this. <laughs> okay, sure. But I don't know if it was Doug the Pug or the other one. Okay. I'm really not that familiar with the works of Doug the Pug, <sighs> to be honest. Well. Uh, I was more familiar with the other one.
0: Sure. Um,
1: okay. And then... I'm trying to think of other Sony Pictures animated films. I I definitely, I definitely buy that this is like LGBTQ character, but like female protagonist seems crazy that that would happen at this point.
0: I I don't know. I mean, I know Spider Verse. I guess both Spider Verse and Lego Movie were Sony Animation. I would assume. Well, wait. I know Spider Verse was. So
1: I guess based on the wording of this, are you saying that? Because I like, I don't think this really affects the lying thing. I just want to get the meeting okay are you saying this is the first sony pictures animation to have both of these things or for first for lgbtq protagonist and first for woman protagonist first
0: first lgbtq so there has
1: not been a woman protagonist in a sony pictures animated film that's what yeah okay okay just wanted to clarify and then what was the last thing he was supposed to be a chihuahua
0: yes Mm. i'm glad she's thinking so much about it
1: i think the chihuahua is the lie I don't think he was supposed to be a chihuahua. I think he was always supposed to be a pug.
0: Okay, you're right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that one at the last minute, actually, because I did forget to write a lie. <laughs> but I thought it was pretty good. I yeah. thought it was decent. It was, it was pretty good. All right. Well, I think that's it for us, then.
1: Yeah, that's it for us. You got
0: anything else, Lauren?
1: No, just go forth in the world and be like Manchi.
0: Be like Manchi. Everyone should have a little Manchi in their life. A little bit of watching in my
1: life. All All right, right. we will see you next week. Bye bye. Bye.